Last time I was here on Sunday night, I just took some phrases, and I hope you brought you some papers. I just took some phrases that, uh, and gave it to you. Sometimes that one another was mentioned in the Bible. I can't remember. I say I think Brittany wrote it down. It was about 12 times the things mentioned in the Bible. Just the phrase, one another. And uh, I'm going to do that again tonight. I'm going to give you three, three words this time. It's mentioned seven times in the Word of God. Don't let that scare you because I said seven points, but... Uh, it's mentioned seven times in the Bible, and if you're a student of the Bible, when you go through the Bible and you pick up statements like that, you ought to, you ought to kind of back up and look at it and see how many times it's mentioned. The same three words or the same two words or the same word. I preached a message at the church one time on the word and, A-N-D. Of course, it's mentioned, I can't remember how many times, but several uh, thousand times that the word and is mentioned in the Bible. But I preached on just that one word and how many times it's mentioned. Of course, I didn't give every time it's mentioned, but it's still been there, amen. But, but uh, to me, that's interesting sometimes, and our church used to enjoy that. I'm going to try to do that again tonight. So in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, uh, there's, uh, Joshua is uh, closing out his last, this is his last charge. In fact, in the closing of Joshua 24, uh, uh, Joseph dies. If you remember Joseph, he was Moses's. Uh, he took Moses' place, and he actually was the one that led him into the well, into the Canaan land. Moses couldn't go because God said, speak to the water, and he smoked the water, so God wouldn't let him go in. But Joshua rose up in his place. Joshua's the one that took him in uh, to the Canaan land. Uh, and so here Joshua is closing out. In, in chapters 23, he's telling some things about uh, what God has done. He reminds the people what God has done for them. Boy, it's good sometimes just to sit around and think about some of the good things that God has done for you. I was thinking when Sister Tammy was singing that song, Jesus passed by, I got to thinking 65 years ago, he passed by my way. Save me by his grace of God. Amen. Well, you ought to think about that sometimes, just that time that Jesus passed by and, uh, and saved you by his grace. Amen. And, uh, and so you think about things like that. And so he's reminded them of things that God has done. And uh, I, Kay, uh, Kay gets on me sometimes about we go places and I start telling all stuff. Sometimes people pull that out of you, don't they? They just tell this, tell that, and next thing you know, I'm just telling everything. But you know what? I think about all the good things God's done for me, and I don't regret telling none of it. Amen? What God's done. And sometimes you just sit around... Paul said, I thank myself happy. <laughs> Sometimes you just sit around and think about what God's done for you and thank yourself happy. Amen. God's times says God has blessed you and took care of your needs and supplied. And so that's what he's doing. He's talking in chapter 23 of what God has done. In the closing few verses of chapter 23, he's talking about what Israel's going to have to do. He turns it around. He said, this is what God's done for you. But now, Israel, this is what you've got to do. You've got to... Uh, uh, fight for the land you've got to do all these things and he tells them in these verses he tells them that God uh, expecting you to do something boy it's good that God, that God does things for us but ain't it good every once in a while God lets us do something for him okay. amen God lets us be a blessing to somebody or do something to help in the ministry it's just a blessing that uh, that God will do something for you then and then uh, he concludes in chapter 24 he's closing out he's fixing to die he knows that and he's fixing to die, he's fixing to, and he does die in this chapter, and he gives his last 
challenge to, the, to Israel. In chapter 24 and verse 14, we'll pick up reading that. Joshua says, Now therefore, he's talking to him, and he said, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity, in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. <clears throat> and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Were the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you'll notice that statement, uh, Joshua says, but as for me. And I will take those three words, as for me. And it's mentioned seven times in the Word of God that somebody made those three words, as for me. And here in this, this chapter, Joshua is talking about his personal determination. Paul, uh, Joshua, what he's saying is, uh, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity. And he goes on and said, if it, if it seen evil to you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you're going to serve. If you don't want to serve the Lord, choose who you're going to serve. And he says, you can serve uh, the, the gods of your fathers, little g, the gods of your fathers on the other side of the flood. Or you can serve the gods of the Amorites, which is little gods again. But he says, but as for me, but as for me, he said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. What he was stating is some determination. He said, I don't know what y'all going to do. And you may go to serve the gods of the Amorites. You may go back and serve the gods on the other side of the flood. But he said, I'm going to tell you, as for me, as for me, and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you, we need some people with that kind of personal determination in our day. Right. Just make up your mind, come what may, whoever quits, whoever falls out, yeah. whoever gets in or don't get in. But for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. I thought about it. It was a personal statement. He's making a personal statement. What he says in that verse, and really he says, he said, you know, uh, but as for me, what he's saying is, it don't make no difference what you're going to do. And I'm not going to be influenced what you're going to be doing. But personally, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you know, when you serve the Lord and make up your mind, you're going to do something for God. It's a personal statement. Right. You cannot wait and make your statement on what somebody else is going to do or somebody that's going to help you or not. Sometimes you just got to say, for me personally, I'm going to make a commitment to serve God. Amen. I guess one of the writers used to say, he said, who would have to quit to get you to quit? <laughs> who would have to quit coming that you wouldn't come no more? Amen. If your wife quit coming, would you keep coming? If your husband quit coming, would you quit coming? If your parents quit coming, would you keep coming? If your kids quit coming, if your best friend quit coming? And that's what Joshua said personally. He said, as for me, and it's a present statement, as for me. In other words, he said, as for me, right now, I'm making this personal determination that I am going to serve the Lord. Amen? And then it was a powerful statement. He said, as for me. And it was a pointed statement. He said, as for me, I am going to serve the Lord. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? And so it's mentioned there as a personal determination. And you know, I, I made up my mind a long time ago. I made up my mind years and years ago, back when I first started preaching. I made up my mind that that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. It just served the Lord. 
And it's pretty well been that way. I've not been perfect. I've failed it many times. But I made up my mind a long time ago and put it in my heart, come what may. Told my daddy one time. Daddy was discouraged one time and, and uh, he said something about I don't know how to how keep going and everything. And I looked at him and I said, well, daddy, that's something that's going to tell you right up front. Quit if you want to. But I'm going to be somewhere preaching next week. Amen. We're going to let him influence me. My friends, if he quit, I quit. Somebody said, well, they quit. So I'm going to quit. Best friend quit. So I'm going to quit. And Joshua said, to the nation, the old nation of Israel, I don't know what you're going to do, but I am determined from here on out just to serve the Lord. Amen? And so there's that statement of personal, personal determination, as for me. Look in the book of Psalms 55. Psalms 55, and this is a very familiar chapter. Psalm 55, the first uh, few verses, first one through five, David is distressed. David is very stressed. I preached on this one time here, I think. But David is distressed in verse 1 through 5. He says, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Harden not thy, uh, thyself in my supplication. Attend unto me. Hear me. I mourn in my complaint. I make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. They cast a nickel on me and wrath to hate me. My heart is sore pained within me. The terrors of death fall upon me fearless and trembling are come upon me in horror he is distressed and discouraged because of all the things that's coming his way and then we find his desire in verse 6 through 8 David said oh that I had the wings of a dove I'd fly away and be at rest lo then when I wander far off remain in the wilderness I'd hasten my escape between the windy storm and tempest you know what he says he said I'm telling you what I'm discouraged and if I had my way if I could do it he said, I'd just flap my wings like a dove and I'd fly out of here and leave and never come back. I'd leave and just go where somebody don't know me. Amen. I tell you what, after 50-something years of preaching, it's hard to go anywhere if somebody don't know you. Amen. And we tried that a time or two and somebody always shows up. Amen. I looked at, I looked at one guy and I said, just go home. We we're trying to find somewhere up here. Nobody don't know us. Amen. We wouldn't want to do nothing wrong. We just wanted to be by ourselves. Amen. But you know what? David's that way. David is discouraged. He's distressed. If I had the wings of a dove, I'd just fly away. And boy, he's that. But look at David's discovery in verse 16. Here's those three words. As for me, I will call upon God. The Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, and noon will I pray. Cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. David said, hey, I feel distressed. I feel like quitting. I feel like running. But he said, as for me, as for me, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get in that sacred place I preached this morning, and I'm going to pray morning. I'm going to pray evening. I'm going to pray at noon. And the Lord will hear my cry and rescue me and help me. That's, uh, that's uh, David. That speaks of his personal dependency. He said, I can't depend on myself. <laughs> if I were to listen to myself, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what. You know, there's been a few times where you believe it or not, I, I talk to myself and just, I try to talk myself out of doing anything anymore. <laughs> you ever do that? Just talk to yourself out of preaching no more. Amen. Like that guy one time, he goes, started home after Sunday night service. He told his wife, said, I ain't going back. I'm through. I ain't, I ain't preaching no more. I ain't going back that bunch up there. They don't care nothing about it. I'm not going back. I'm through. 
His wife looked at him and said, yeah, you're going back. And he said, give me one good reason I'd go back. And she said, you're the pastor. Amen. And so sometimes even us pastors feel that way, that we just don't want to go on. We just want to quit and go hide somewhere. But David realized within himself he could not make it. He can't depend on your own decisions. You can't depend on how you feel sometimes. So what you do, David said, I tell you, ask for me. As for me, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to call on God. I'm just going to put my dependency in the Lord. Amen. And you know, sometimes it's personal. We need to just cast our dependency on the Lord. Ask God to help us. Uh, sometimes, well, about every time. I, I don't know many times this don't happen in my life. I don't know about other preachers. But uh, you don't hear me when I'm sitting back there on the, the back seat. Sometimes I talk out loud in case that I can't whisper and, and they laugh at me back there. But sometimes I say things. But you know, in my heart, in my heart, every time I preach, every time I preach, I sit here. Now, you know what in my heart I'm saying? Lord, I can't do this without you. I ain't going to be able to preach that. If you don't help me, if you don't touch me, if you don't motivate my soul, my spirit, I'm not going to be this. I'm crying out independence all the time, uh, asking God to help and move in my heart. That's where David is. David said, I'm distressed. And he said, the enemy's come against me. And I feel like quitting. I feel like running. But he said, only way I can make it, Lord, is to cast my cares upon thee and put my dependency in thee and trust in thee. Amen. Psalmist said, Trust, or the Proverbs said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding all that ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. That's what David is saying. Uh, Joshua said, As for me, I am personally determined to follow God. And Joshua uh, has made that commitment. And here the Psalmist David said, As for me, I'm just going to put my dependency in the Lord. You ever feel like you couldn't sing? <laughs> I just can't sing. Just put your dependency in the Lord. Amen. God, put a song in your heart. God help you. I can't teach. I can't do this. I can't uh, uh, work in this situation. And I, I can't do that. I, I remember I remember out of all the years of preaching, I was at the VA, and we have, I was taking uh, classes for PTSD classes and all that stuff and, and uh, trying to get a little help to uh, control some of that stuff. And, and uh, if you got it, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have it, don't say a word. Amen. It's bad stuff and uh, all this stuff. And so I was taking classes because I was having some flashbacks from Vietnam and all that stuff. And I was taking classes and, and uh, you know me and don't say amen right here. But uh, if somebody's talking, I've, I'm going to have to say something. i got to speak up, you know, and say something. And okay, said sometimes you just need to be quiet, but I can't help it. I, somebody gets talking, I can't help it. I've got to say something. And so in the VA, they would they would ask the questions and say say things. And, man, I'd just speak up and, and say what I thought and give a biblical opinion about it sometimes and and uh, so after about three sessions and we had uh, over a year of sessions about it but about three sessions that that colonel come to me and he said uh, uh, he called me sergeant he said sergeant Goodson he said I want to ask you a question he said you come these uh, these uh, these uh, uh, classes and said you've been preaching a long time I noticed you always insert something about God the Bible he said what about if I just give you the last 10 minutes of every class it's yours you just say whatever you want to say and I said, well, okay. And then I left. I thought, man, I can't do that. I don't have no education to talk to these boys about that stuff. But you know what? I began to pray. And I said, God, I can't do it. And Lord, if you'll help me, I'll help them. 
And all the way to the VA on them Monday mornings, I'd go up there and pray all the way up there. I'd get in there and sit there and say, God's going to help me. And at the end of the end of the session, about 10 or 12 minutes, he'd say, all right, preacher, it's yours. And I, I'd take off. And boy, every time, God just let me say some things. You know what them guys got to come around after I'd leave? That, that, the class was over. They'd say, preacher, you got a minute? And, and they'd talk to me about different things and problems in their life. And you know what I found out? I couldn't do it because I put my dependency on the Lord. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when you put your dependency on him, he gives you that strength. That's what David has said. I'm putting my dependency in God. I'm not listening to myself. I'm not listening to how I feel. And I'm not listening to what everybody else said. I'm putting my dependency in the Lord. Amen. Well, let's get another look in Psalms chapter 73. Psalms chapter 73, it's mentioned again. Psalms chapter 73 uh, and verses number, well, let's look at verse 1. Truly, the psalmist says, Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. Look at verse number 2. He said, But as for me, there it is again, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. He said, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there was no bands in their death. Their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men are. Neither are they plagued like other men. He talks about the pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart can wish. And the psalmist is looking out yonder. He's looking out yonder at the world and the worldly man. He's looking at the lost man. And see it all that he's got. He said, man, he does all this stuff. He don't never get in trouble. <laughs> Here I am working myself to death, and I can't have all them things, and he's got everything. Go by his house, and he's got three or four cars and trucks and four-wheelers and motorcycles and everything else. Got a nice home. Look at all these things he's got. Look at all this evil that's passing him by. He don't never have no problems, don't have no trouble. And he goes on down, he said, but in verse 12, these are ungodly men who's prospering in the world, increasing riches fairly. He said, I have cleansed my heart in vain, washed my hands in innocency. All day long I've been plagued, chasing in the morning. He said, man, I've got this thing wrong. Uh, he said, I, I, I've got, what he said in essence, I've got religion for nothing. <laughs> I got saved for nothing. I've had troubles ever since I got saved. And look at all this worldly, ungodly people. They got everything. And you look down in verses number uh, uh, 16. He said, I thought this to know this. He was too painful for me. Look at verse 17. Until, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. David said, I felt this way. The psalmist said, I felt this way till I got to the house of God. He said, when I fell to the house of God, I found out what they had was temporal, and what I have is eternal. <laughs> What they have is going to pass away. What I've got is going to live forever. Amen. And he goes on. He talks about foolish was I. In verse 22, I was ignorant. Nevertheless, I am. He said, God, I realize now I'm, I'm always continuing with me, or with thee. And you're holding me in your right hand. You're guiding me with counsel. And afterwards, you're going to receive uh, me to glory. And more, he's only what he says. David, it says uh, he had a personal discovery here. He said, as for me, I felt like. I'd missed this thing. But when I got discovered, when I got to the house of God, I found out what was real. Amen? You know, you look out there at the world sometimes, don't it look exciting? <laughs> Come on now, help me. Amen. Everybody's having a good time, getting excited, old thing. And you know, but every bit of it's temporal. Yep. Amen? You, every bit of it's temporal stuff. Everything you look at, it's, it's over with. Yep. After a while, it's just like a restaurant. New restaurant come to town, everybody's got to go. Yep. 
Amen. First time we came up here to build the new Texas Roadhouse, we came up here and I think we ate with Brother Josh that time. And waited forever, didn't we, Brother Josh? And I was ready to go somewhere else, but he was determined we was going to eat there. But, uh, you know, and we waited. We, we waited and waited. Went over there today and just walked right in. Tables was all, all empty tables, everything. And why? Y'all got tired of it. <laughs> now you're waiting on a new one to open up. Amen. And you'll old, run over and try that out for a while, and then you get tired of that. You know, everything that the world's got, it's a temporary joy. <laughs> everything you got it don't, in the world, it don't last long. But boy, when you get to the sanctuary and you realize, <laughs> you realize what the psalmist says. He said, I realize that you're always with me. <laughs> world's going to pass away, but God's going to be with us and carry us right on out of here. Amen. And so he discovered, personally discovered, he personally discovered, hey, how important the house of God is. And if you've never discovered that, you ought to think tonight, the best thing you ever had and the best place you could ever be is at the house of God. I don't know about you, I'm glad I'm glad I got a church you can go to. Amen. Glad I got a place you can come and worship God. Put your dependence. I don't bow my head. People ask me. People ask me, they'll say, Where do you go to church? Where are you a member of the church? And I said, I'm a member at Manuel Baptist Church in Farms, Kentucky. And they look at you and they said, well, uh, you live in Tennessee and you're a member of a church in Kentucky? I said, that's exactly right. They said, well, how did you, why'd you do that? I said, God, God told me to, amen. And I said, it's worked, everything's happy. I said, they even like me up there, believe it or not, amen. And I said, that's what God said, that's what God did. And I, I want it, I want it, Brother Jordan, just keep on going and say, really and truly, it ain't none of your business, amen. This is where God had me, and this is where the truth is preached, and this is where my friend God honors and God blesses. People are getting saved and things is happening. You don't even realize all the things. You see what's going on here, but you think, if you could just go back and, and, and get the mission board and the ones you support and just really check on everything that's going on through your missionaries and all these other doors that's opening up, you'd be amazed what all is doing right here in Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I don't know about you, I'm glad I'm a part of it. Amen. Amen. And you ought to be glad you're a part of it. Amen. I tell you, there ain't nothing there. There ain't nothing. No, I, I, I can't get started on this. I'll never shut up. But shit, they go right all over this place. There ain't nothing no better. There ain't a place in this town any better than Emmanuel Baptist Church. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Got a good preacher, good kids, good wife. Got good people here. Amen. I told my wife the other day, well, I said, we've been here eight years and we just now learned everybody's name. Amen. <laughs> I still get them messed up, amen. I call them this and call them that in case that ain't right. I said, yeah, it is. And she said, no, he don't belong to her. <laughs> she belongs to him over there. I said, okay, you know. But you know what? I'm just glad we can call each other brothers and sisters in Christ. And David said he discovered, he discovered of all that he was walking in the wrong direction, and he discovered the best thing he had was the house of God. <laughs> he said, as for me, I just, I just felt like if everything was wrong, but when I got to the house of God, he found out, boy, I've got the right. I've got it right. Amen? And so, so look in, look in uh, uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 12. 1 Samuel chapter 12. I'll give you another one here. 1 Samuel chapter number 12. David. David's here. And uh, David, or Sam, Samuel rather, is here, and he states, uh, he states uh, uh, God's faithfulness. He talks about how God is faithful in verses 1 through 5. And then in verses 6 through 13, uh, uh, Samuel talks about and states about the, uh, uh, in first, the first verses, he talks about how he's been faithful. And then in verse 6 down through verses, uh, he talks about how God's been faithful. 
And then he states a choice on, uh, in verse 14, 15. He says, If you fear the Lord, serve him, obey his voice, and rebel not against his commandments. And he goes on and talks about how our responsibility. Then he comes on and talks about how people has turned on him and people has given him hardships and difficulty. But you know what he says in verse number 23? Moreover, here it is, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord, serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he has done for you. Here he has, Samuel is giving personal declaring. <laughs> He's declaring something here. He's making a statement. He's talking to the nation of Israel. He's telling about how, what God has done for them and what that he's done for God and trying to lead them and follow them. But he makes a statement in here. He makes a statement and he says, "For uh, as for me, God forbid, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He's declaring, I don't care what shape you're in, I don't care what you are, I don't care who you are, I'm declaring I'm going to pray for you. Well, you know, sometimes it's just good to just determine no matter who it is or what it is, you're going to pray for them. You ever look at somebody and say, I ain't to pray for them. They got, their, they got themselves in a mess. Nope. Well, you've probably got yourself in a mess time too. <laughs> ain't you glad somebody prayed for you? Amen. you glad somebody held your name up prayer. Yeah. You, ever, you ever, have a, ever have somebody that you didn't like? I know we're supposed to like everybody, but every once in a while somebody just passes your way, you know, and you don't like them. <laughs> Come on, now, might as well say amen. amen. You know, they're just not your, your, they don't just fit your groove. Amen. And, uh, and everything. And sometimes we don't even have no reason we don't like them. <laughs> but, but you know, sometimes people just come across that way. Right. But you know what? He said, <laughs> Samuel said, I tell you what, I'm going, I'm, God forbid that I keep, even though I don't like you, God forbid that I don't pray for you. Right. Amen? Amen. Uh, you know what? You need to learn that everybody's not going to fit in your mold anyway. Right. Everybody ain't going to come up to your expectations. Amen? Yeah. And everybody ain't going to change because you want them to change. <laughs> Sometimes you love people just like they are. That's what Jesus did for us. But you know, he, he's declared. He's declared. I don't know all the situations, all the details going on, but he said, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm making a statement to you. I don't care what you do. I don't care what situation it is. I'm letting you know I'm not going to sin against God in ceasing to pray for you. Amen? The Bible said in Matthew, he said, Love your enemies, pray for them. That despitefully use you. Amen? You know, it's easy to pray for somebody that you like. If somebody likes you, <laughs> amen? Right. Come on now. I told, told one preacher one time, he said, man, guy gave him a $100 bill. We went back to the motel. We stayed in the same room. He said, man, that guy gave me a $100 bill. I said, man, I'm going to pray for him. <laughs> I said, you ought to pray for that guy that didn't give you a $100 bill. <laughs> amen? You ought to pray for that and it didn't want to give you nothing. Can't pray for just, you pray for somebody that gave you something. Thank God. Amen. Like that old preacher, we had a preacher down home named Andy Hogan. He had no education whatsoever, and uh, he, would, he would tickle your death preaching. Preached on them barons coming down out of the mountains, you know, over in the Old Testament. He called them ball barons. And he called the book of Psalms spasms. He'd he say, turn to the book of spasms, you know. He's just an old country preacher. And uh, we, years ago, I was in the meeting over there, and he was hitting rough. And uh, somebody come by and, and puts a $100 bill in his hand. You know how it is. If you ever done that, somebody put a hundred dollar bill in your head and you want to look, and they're still standing there, and you can't look, you know. And he walked off. And he said, "God bless you, brother." And he walked off. Brother Phil, he looked down at the hundred dollar bill. He run back over and shook his hand and said, "God really bless you, brother." <laughs> Amen. 
He and that old child prayed for him. But you know, that person that you expect something that does you wrong, or you expect something out of them, they don't line up just like you line up, or they, they're in and out, and they fail. You know what God said, or David, or Samuel, I keep saying David, Samuel keeps saying, you know what he said? He said, I'm determined, I'm declaring that I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I'm not going to sin against God and not pray for you. Amen. Amen? As for me, as for me, he said, I'm just going to pray for you anyway. Whether you like me or not like me. Whether you're working with me or not working with me. I'm just going to pray for you. Amen. Well, look in, look in Daniel chapter number 2. Daniel chapter number 2. And uh, I'll give you another one right quick. I'm trying to hurt Thad. Just hang on over there, okay? <laughs> Daniel chapter 2. And uh, Daniel here in these verses, uh, he, he, the king has uh, had a dream. If you remember, the king has had a dream. And he calls his... Uh, uh, soothsayers and all that stuff these dream interpreters and ask them what the dream was you know he said I've got a dream and he said uh, I can't remember I want y'all to tell me what it is and you know what they said well tell us a little bit about your dream <laughs> you know that's easy that's actually like God never been to one of these fortune tellers but they say if you ever go over they want you to tell you a little something about them <laughs> amen one guy went one time, <laughs> was in the military, one guy went and that, that lady said, well, tell me a little bit of something. He said, well, no, you tell me what I had for breakfast yesterday, then I'll believe you, amen. <laughs> but, you know, they can always pick up on something you say and make something out of it. And here David, or Daniel, is going before the king. He's, he had a dream. And he went to them, and they, they said, tell us something. And they said, I don't remember nothing. You tell me. If you don't tell me, I'm going to have you destroyed. And you know what? Daniel comes and he prays and he finds out about it. Even his own head and his, his followers, they're in danger also. Right. And you know what he does? The Bible said he prays and he gets along with God and God reveals that to him. And uh, he tells the king the dream and God promotes him and does great things. But in verse number 30, uh, uh, he says, uh, well, look at verse 29. He said, as for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he revealed secrets and maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, he said, the secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any other living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king that thou mightest know. What, uh, what Daniel is saying, he is, he's given a personal denying, D-E-N-Y-G, a person. He said, I'm telling you, it ain't me. <laughs> I'm not doing this for no glory. I'm not doing this to make me look better than everybody else. He said, it's just God that revealeth his secrets unto his servants. He's denying any glory whatsoever. And you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you just need to, sometimes, you know, if you ain't careful, you'll, you'll get, uh, what do you call it, uh, Brian, the big head? <laughs> Amen. God come down and bless you. Get the big head. Some of you preachers, you ever preach, you ever preach and you think you're really done? Sister, sister, Ned, Doug, brother Doug, he may not have done this. He ever got in the car and he said, boy, nothing good today. <laughs> You ever, you ever do that? <laughs> I mean, one Sunday I was a pastor, and man, I preached, and I thought, man, this is great. This is great. I thought, man, I just preached and sweated, and I just wore myself out of preaching. I thought, man, Brother Phil, I ain't preached like that in a long time. I thought, man, God has helped me today. And we got in the truck and started down the road, and I looked at her. I said, man, that was good today. I said, God, help me today. You know what she said? I've heard you do better. <laughs> You know what it did is whoop, knocked the glory out of me. Just knocked me right back down where I was supposed to be. Amen. And sometimes we try to take God's glory. 
And that's what Daniel said. He said, I ain't taking no glory for this. It don't make me look no better. I'm nothing special. It's just God. And he gave verse, my friend, verse 28, he said, but there is a God in heaven. He gives God all the credit. Gives God. He said, I'm denying myself of any glory. I'm denying myself. You know what? After all is said and done, we're nothing but dust. Amen. And outside of the Holy Ghost of God, we couldn't do anything anyway. Amen. Couldn't accomplish nothing, get nothing done outside of the Holy Ghost of God. So here, you know, Paul done that. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. It's Christ that liveth in me. Amen. And Paul gives all the glory unto God. Then look in the book of Psalms 35. Psalms 35. I'll give you a couple more. Psalms chapter 35 and uh, verses uh, 11, I believe it is. Uh, Psalms 35 verse 11 I'm trying to get to it he says uh, in that verse in verse 11 he said false witnesses did rise up they laid uh, to my charge things that I knew not they rewarded me evil for good to the spoil of my soul but as for me when they were sick my clothing was sackcloth I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned unto my bosom, my own bosom here uh, the psalmist is given a personal demonstration. He said, hey, they give me a hard time. And you know what? But he said, when they got sick, <laughs> when they got sick, you know what he said? He said, I rent my clothes, got in in sackcloth and ashes and prayed for them. Showed love to them, kindness to them. Paul demonstrated the real love of God. Paul demonstrated, or the, the psalmist rather, demonstrated the real love of God, the real grace of God. I mean, they was against him. You, you read that whole chapter. And my friend, there's a lot of things that said in that verses. But he said, as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. I behaved myself as though I, uh, he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. You know what he says? I personally, he personally demonstrated what it really is to be a Christian. Amen. Bob said, if you see your brother in need and have you know, and, and uh, don't have no compassion on him. Uh, how dwelleth the love of God in you? Amen. But you see your brother in need, you know what? You do what you can to help them. Yeah. That's what the real love of God is. And that's what Psalmist did. He said in that verse, it says for me, he said, I'm going to show real demonstration in my life. Whereas in Ephesians, he said, forgive even as God for Christ's sake is forgiven you. You don't know a real demonstration of the real love of God is to forgive one another. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Matthew 5 talks about being good to each other and, and loving each other and praying one for another. I think it is a, a verse here in Romans 12. I think, uh, I think that's what it is. Let me find it and look at it right quick. Romans chapter 12, verse number 20. He said, Therefore, if thy enemy, if thy enemy hate, uh, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what the psalmist is saying? He said, I'm going to demonstrate the love of God in spite of who they are, what they are, what they've done. Yes, Amen? Yes, Come on, help me out. <laughs> you know what? You know, it's, it's kind of like, like two old drunks, you know. Uh, they, can get, they can get down there at the bar somewhere and get aggravated and, and uh, pick it on each other and just, just turn around and beat the snot out of each other. Sure. I mean, just bust noses and broke noses and bust jaws and everything else. And they'll get up, you know what to do, and hug each other and buy each other another round and go home. Yeah. Christians ain't that way. <laughs> Amen. We get something wrong with somebody, we'll never get over it. Amen. Come on now, let me out. 
Amen. I ain't praying for them. I don't like them anyway. <laughs> but they ain't never called my name in prayer. Where was they at when I was sick? Right. <laughs> Come on, help me, help me out. Huh? They never called me when I was sick. Yeah. I always call them, and they'll never call me and check on me. Sure. I ain't checking on them. I ain't doing nothing. He said, I'll tell you what, all the mess they've done, and even though they ain't done me right, he said, it's for me. When they have problems and things fall out in their life, he said, I'm just going to find myself in slack coughing ashes and praying for them, Amen. interceding on their behalf. Amen. Amen. God, God help us to be have that kind of demonstration of Christian in our life. Amen. Right. And then look at the last one. Look in Psalms chapter 17. Psalms chapter 17. And uh, we'll give you one more. And I like this one right here. Psalm 17, David's, uh, uh, he's an attempted, he, he, he's really putting forth a sincere attempt to serve the Lord and live godly. In verse number 2, 1 and 2, in verse 6, he says, Hear me! He's crying out for God's attention. And he said, Lord, hear me! In verse 6, I have called upon thee, for thou, uh, for thou, Will hear me, O God. Incline thine ear. He's asking God to hear him in his prayer. And then verse number 3 and 5, he asks God to keep him. And uh, he talks about, hold up my goings. And in verses number uh, 7, he's asking God to show him marvelous things, love and kindness and things. In verse 8 through 13, he's asking God to guard him. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. And verse 13, 14, he's asking God to rescue him. And then he comes to verse 15, and he says, for, As for me, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake in thy likeness. He is, he is, this is a personal delight of the psalmist. He said, I want to live for God. I want to serve God. It don't matter if the hardships. It don't matter if we're on the mountaintops or in the valley. He said, God, just help me and everything. But he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll be, I'll ask for me when this thing's all over with. <laughs> he said, I shall be satisfied with him. You know what? That's what we live for that day. <laughs> that day, we can have so much joy in here, so much joy and happiness. Boy, we can get a blessing thing, but can you imagine? <laughs> We're living for that day. Amen? Amen? Somebody said, boy, we had a good time. I think, yeah, we'd had a good time, but it ain't compared to what's going to be like. <laughs> When we get over under. Amen. Come in here and have a good meeting. God blesses and just, boy, this blesses your heart, stirs your soul. You go out of here so full. By Wednesday night, you're empty and looking for something else. Right. Didn't last. Thank God when we get on the other side, he said, I'll be perfectly delighted. I'll be perfectly satisfied. What was it, Job? What was it, Job said, I, I'll, I'll be satisfied when I awake in his presence. Amen. Boy, can't you imagine? He longs for that eternal satisfaction eternal boy can you imagine we get to heaven no more sorrow no more death no more crying no more sea I preached a message a while back I may have preached here I don't know if I ever preached on, uh, on no more sea I always wondered about that statement no more sea and I always wondered about that but go study it it's a real message in there uh, they're on no more sea uh, and when we get tired all that stuff and we'll be perfectly <laughs> perfect environment perfect God Perfect bodies. Amen. Perfect food. Come on now, help me out. Huh? <laughs> it don't matter what you eat over there, you'll like it. Sure. Come on now. All right. 
Me and Josh don't like Chinese food. He sent me a text. I was going to eat lunch with him today. He sent me. I sent him a text. And uh, I said, is Bella still wanting us to eat with her? And he sent me a text back and said, yeah. I said, where, where y'all want to eat? We're going to take you to eat. And I sent him back. I said, well, we're travel. We eat about anything anywhere. But we don't eat no Chinese food. <laughs> he sent back. He said, this is hilarious. He said, I just told her. I'm going to tell him it don't matter where he wants to go, but we don't eat Chinese food. <laughs> Amen. If you eat that, that's fine. And, uh, but you know, uh, uh, sometimes they have places, you, things you don't like. When you get to heaven, perfect menu. Your taste is like everything's over here. <laughs> we might go over and sit at the river, Brother Brian, put our feet off over the river and sit there for about a thousand years. That'd just be one day. Eat off the fruit. Just just pick off the fruits of the trees. Yeah. Sit there and eat and fellowship for about a thousand years. Time won't be no more. Won't be no phones over there. Yeah. <laughs> won't be nothing. But him and enjoying the blessings of God. And you know what? He's, he's, he said, I'm personally, I'm living for that day. As for me, I love serving God down here. But he said, I tell you what, <laughs> I'm looking for that day that I'll wake in his life. Right. Say amen. Amen. Well, that's a few things about just that statements. As for me, go home, study them, look at them, make you an outline for yourself. Next time you got to teach the ladies, or next time you got to teach Sunday school, just teach that. Amen. And uh, but there it is. You know, it's it's amazing. Ain't it amazing? Just what all you can find in this Bible. It's amazing. I, I took the word "come" uh, here just last week. I took the word "come" and run it through the Bible. It's amazing how many times that word. Come, come unto me, all you the labor head. And uh, it, it, I just run that through the Bible and seen how many times I thought, well, I'll preach that one for a while. But you know what? It's amazing how God puts all this stuff together. Weren't you glad God allowed us to have a copy of the Word of God? Man, what in the world would we do without it? I love it, buddy. I love it. God's wonderful book divine. Boy, you're getting this thing, buddy. It's just amazing what God can teach you and show you and help you. And get in that secret place. Get this word of God with you. It's amazing what God can do in your life. Amen. 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 All right, I'm through. Brother Josh, come on. Did you know that you could receive a daily devotion every morning in your inbox? Head on over to ibcflorence.com and click on Daily Devotions to sign up today. And as always, thanks for listening.